to the Travel Squad podcast. We adventure the world together, one passport stamp at a time. We're here to share travel news, tips, and our own adventures with you. Every Travel Tuesday, we share stories on a variety of topics, including our hometown, San Diego, hiking, weekenders, national parks, international getaways, and inspiring you to go on your own adventures, even if it starts with your own backyard. I'm Jamal. Brittany. And I'm Kim. And And we're we're the the Travel Travel Squad Squad Podcast. Podcast. So grab your ticket and your passport. And don't forget your travel insurance. And prepare for takeoff. Hello, fellow travelers. Hey, buddy. Welcome to this week's episode of the Travel Squad Podcast. Today, we're taking you to the Pacific Northwest, to the beautiful state of Oregon. So I've been wanting to do a waterfall tour of Oregon for years. We've been talking about it for a while. So I finally decided to book a long weekend trip. And I will say, I asked Jamal, like, hey, do you want to go? He's like, not really. But he really didn't have a choice. And I think in the end, he was surprised at how scenic Oregon was. And if you haven't been yet, I hope you use this as an inspiration to go because I absolutely love this trip. I love Oregon. Oregon's beautiful. It's green. It's lush. It rains there a lot. So it keeps things really green. There's tons of waterfalls Mm -hmm. as what inspired this trip. I want to go on this trip. After seeing all of your pictures, you guys were just chasing waterfalls around Oregon. It looks amazing. I haven't really heard of it, heard from your trip yet. So I'm Mm -hmm. excited to hear it with everybody listening. And my only one question for you before we get into it is, do you plan on drafting up an itinerary that we can give out to our squatties. Oh, you know, that's a great idea. I We haven't done a lot of weekender itineraries, really. So this would be a good one because it's perfect for a long weekend trip, and I can definitely work on that. So hard-hitting question for y'all, and we're going to post this on our Instagram, too, so you squatties can weigh in. Do you pronounce Oregon, Oregon, or Oregon? Oregon. After I heard Charlotte say Oregon, now I say Oregon. It's hard not to take it. Yeah, because our uh, friend and honorary squad member here, Charlotte, Oregon. That's how she says it with her Buffalo, New York accent. Oregon. I love it. So we want to see how you guys pronounce it. And if there's any Oregonites, Oregonians, I don't know how you would even say it, let us know on how you pronounce it. But I'm really excited to get into this trip and actually talk about it so you guys can hear it. Give Oregon some credit, because when a lot of people think Pacific Northwest, obviously Oregon's in that category, but people really think Washington. But I really think touristically, Oregon is a very underrated state. And even in this long weekend trip that Brittany and I took, oh my gosh, like nature lovers paradise out here. So scenic, so beautiful, really, really enjoyed it. So let's get right into the tips. Give me the tips. Give us the tips. So first one, my favorite, download offline maps. We are doing a lot of hiking in this trip. And so you're going into more remote places. You're going to need the offline maps to be able to navigate from place to place in those remote areas. Another very solid tip is purchase the All Trails Pro app. So you can get the All Trails app. You can pay for a membership to get Pro. It's so legit with the extra features that it gives you. It'll make any hiking trip that much better. Why don't you give just a little bit of brief extras of what you could get with the Pro Brittany? Well, you can save the hikes that you want to do and create them into like different albums. And then you can download the actual trail map as well. So even when you're not in a service area, you can see if you're on the trail or if you've deviated off, which is very helpful 
There's been many a times we've almost gotten lost on trails. <laughs> Since purchasing All Trails Pro, we've gotten lost a lot less. We're not sponsored by All Trails Pro, but how much does a membership cost? It's like $30 for a year. Oh, okay. That's reasonable. Mm-hmm. It is. Definitely makes your hiking trips a lot more enjoyable and really comes in clutch. Another solid tip, I mean, we're going to Oregon. We mentioned Pacific Northwest. Check the weather. I mean, it could be sudden rain. It could be warm. You really want to know, but you want to always pack for the possibility of rain in that region. Yeah, so bring a waterproof jacket, bring an umbrella. We went in June, early June, and we needed both a waterproof jacket and an umbrella, and we didn't bring it. But we would say to also consider bringing crampons depending on the hikes that you plan on doing. Yeah, because in one location, I mean, here we're talking about early June, still at one point needed crampons or shoe spikes or what your friends called them. But basically they're, or no, the snow cleats, shoe cleats. Snow cleats. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But basically they will help you trek better in snow. And in early June, one of the hikes that we did, it was really muddy in areas where there was no snow. And when there was still snow, we're trudging through it, but only in one location. But do consider bringing that. We'll link to our Amazon storefront for the snow cleats, crampons that we recommend. Mm -hmm. Another tip we have for you is to bring a change of clothes in the car. We did get soaked on one hike. And again, it's in June. So a lot of times you're not anticipating like heavy downpour. It was raining. That's why you got soaked. Mm -hmm. uh -huh. Got super soaked. So I would recommend on every outing you do, just have a change of clothes in your car just in case you do get wet. You never know what the weather's going to be like in the Pacific Northwest. Another piece of advice, I guess this isn't really a tip, but just for you to know especially if you've never been to Oregon, you don't know this, you cannot pump your own gas. Do not get out of the car. Do not pump your own gas. Somebody from the gas station will come out and pump your gas for you. I thought that that was an old rule that they no longer had. Oh, no, they it's still, still have it. They still have it, as a matter of fact. Well, that's awesome. I, I hate pumping gas. There you go. Oregon's your place then. <laughs> I heard that during COVID, they were kind of like, okay, people can pump their own gas, but like no one really took that in. And so what we saw is people still pumping gas for us. We got our gas pumped. And Brittany actually has family that lives in Oregon. We went to go visit her cousin. Her cousin's wife, as a matter of fact, said like when she was in California or another state, maybe it was even Washington driving through, like she has no clue how to pump her own gas. Yeah, she's <laughs> like, where, where do I even start? You know, so it's a thing out there. You can't pump your own gas. So just food for thought going into that. I, I believe that like it's kind of hard to pump gas. When I first started driving, it was tough. Like I think I even attempted a few times and then end up driving away because it's like it what? falls off. It's hard. It doesn't always go in right. Sometimes the pump won't even start and you have to try it a few times. So I think we all need to take a beat from Morgan. <laughs> yeah. Kim knows how to pump her own gas now, but I guess we're talking as a first time driver. I still have difficulty. <laughs> Another tip that we have for you is we do go to Multnomah Falls, which is one of the most famous waterfalls known in Oregon. And so you do want to do some research on recreation.gov to see that if you need reservations to go to the falls and through that scenic byway. Some times of the year during a heavy season, so summer months primarily, they do have it closed off where they're actually checking to see if you have permits and timed entry 
reservations to enter that area. Right. So even though it's a public road and a highway and some people live off of it, you really can't drive that stretch unless you have those reservations and permits that you've gotten through recreation.gov. So again, when you go, do your research, see if it's the time that you're going and you may need that. And the final tip that we have is at least from the itinerary that we're going to talk about that we did, you know, you're going to be going through remote places. So you want to pick up water and snacks at the grocery store, um, maybe even bring your collapsible cooler that we always talk about to have, but definitely do have the snacks and drinks because you are going through remote places. And at these parks where they have the waterfalls, some of them are state parks, some of them are not, just recreation areas, no vendors or anywhere for you to get those goodies. So we traveled on a Friday night. We got into Oregon really late. We flew into Portland and we picked up our rental car, checked into the hotel. And by the time we got into bed, it was probably 1 a.m. We landed pretty late at night. So Friday was pretty much a wash. I think we worked earlier that day. We did. So, you know, we always talk about like cramming in trips on weekends and getting the most out of your weekends and your time. So traveling after work is a great way to do that. And then we flew home on Monday. Yeah. And I just want to say that real quick. You know, we used to hype up a lot and don't really talk about it too much more in, in our episodes, but really inspiring you guys. I mean, like, yeah, it sucks getting in late on a Friday night, technically Saturday morning, then at that point waking up early, but, you know, get past that mindset and actually use that to say, yeah, I can actually take this weekend trip and do something that I want to do. And I just want to throw that in there to, to inspire you guys. You know, if you really want to travel and make the time, you definitely can do it. So on Saturday, we hit the ground running. Our goal was to head up the waterfall corridor, head over to Lavender Valley, loop around Mount Hood, which is an iconic mountain, a volcano in Oregon, do a hike and then head back to Portland for the night. Well, you mentioned waterfall quarter. So for people who don't know, Brittany, why don't you tell them what waterfall I've never quarter. heard of it. You've never heard of it. So in Portland, there is the Columbia River Gorge, and it's basically a river that separates Oregon from the state of Washington. And there's a roadway, but there's forests on both sides. And just due to like the way that it's structured, there's waterfalls coming down both sides of that corridor that end up dumping into the river, essentially. Mm. And so as you drive that, you can see a ton of different waterfalls on the side of the road, or you can stop and hike to some ones that are like further in. So there's a lot of waterfall viewing. And so it gets very congested in this area because it's like a one-way street, a two-way street. Well, I mean, it is a main highway that runs parallel to the Columbia River, which again creates the natural border between Oregon and Washington. So when we're on the Oregon side, you're looking right over the river and it's Washington, Washington. over there. However, off of the main highway, they do have the little side roads, frontage roads, etc. And those ones are like one lane. And sometimes you need to get off to see the waterfalls and get to the areas. And that's where Brittany's saying it can be congested. But from the main highway, I mean, you can really just drive it, but you're not getting as close as when you get off, of course, especially if some of those waterfalls require a hike, which was the first waterfall that we saw, Bridalville Falls. Before you get into the waterfalls, how far of a drive is Portland from this corridor? About 30 minutes. Okay. No. Yeah, and that's exactly what I was going to say. This part of it is 30 minutes from Portland. So Bridalville Falls, once you get off the highway, get to the parking lot, it's a short yet steep half a mile hike downhill. 
And basically, this is the first waterfall that you're going to want to stop at along your way on the waterfall corridor right here. And it's a just nice scenic waterfall, forested area, just really cool ambiance. And again, if you know anything about the Pacific Northwest, again, at least the time that we went and more often than not, it's overcast. So that overcast dreariness in the forest with the waterfall, it just creates this awesome, unique environment that just really enhanced the entire experience, I think. I feel like there's got to be some biological connection with waterfalls because waterfalls are universally loved. Mm hmm and just draw people. I don't know what it is about it, but they definitely draw people in. magical there. So to get to this one, you didn't have to have the permits quite yet. This is the only one you can do without a permit. So we did this one. The falls go under the old Columbia River Gorge Highway Bridge, and it's about a 120-foot drop. When you get down to the bottom, because you do have to hike down, you have really good views of the waterfall, and there's a viewing platform as well that you can kind of climb up onto, get some nice pictures, and just enjoy it. When we got there, we had the waterfalls to ourselves for a little bit. For a little bit, and then some people came, but you know that viewing platform that she's talking about, Kim, you know what it reminded me of? Do you remember when we did that little waterfall hike in Ecuador? Not the big one, the Diablo one, but the the smaller one. And we were in that little platform area and where yeah. we discovered, oh yeah, we should take photos in portrait mode. Yeah. That area really reminded me of that and that experience with that little platform deck and everything like that. So just did to kind you, of put a picture to it for you, at least. Did you happen to get some portrait mode photos with the waterfall? I don't think we did at this point. We should have. Get though. some high school yearbook photos. <laughs> <laughs> Got them in Ecuador. Uh, so maybe next time. <laughs> But this was just like a little appetizer waterfall for little sure. Teaser. And then from here, as we're trying to get back on to the Columbia River Gorge Byway, they did stop us. They asked if we had the reservations. I want to say they're about $2 to reserve, so not expensive. You just have to go to recreation.gov in advance, and then you have to pick a time. And so I think we had picked like a 10 a.m. window, but they were requiring these reservations for everyone to have between like the end of May through the beginning of September. And if you were entering the byway between 9 and 6, you had to have those reservations. They were online 14 days in advance of the time that you went. So definitely if you want to go beyond Bridal Veil Falls on the Waterfall Corridor, you do need those permits from recreation.gov. And you're definitely going to want them. Why? Because the most popular and famous waterfall in the entire state of Oregon is Multnomah Falls, and it is the very next waterfall on the waterfall corridor right here. And again, do yourself a favor, just Google Multnomah Falls. It's so beautiful and serene. It's 620 feet cascading down the cliff, and it's sectioned into two spots. So even though it's one waterfall, you really see two spots of the fall, the main portion and then a second portion. And enhancing the beauty is a beautifully spanned bridge that actually crosses so you can hike up to the bridge, see the waterfall from a mid-level. And even when you're looking at it from the base, just that bridge cutting across, it creates this such serene picture. So again, do yourself a favor, Google it, get inspired because we're really hyped up about this itinerary and trip and recommend it for all of you guys. Don't Google it. Go to our website, Charles Squad Podcast. Even better. Go yes, on, yes, yes, yes. Fuck Google. We'll put the real photos <laughs> that we took up there. Yeah. I actually went to this waterfall in August 2018 and there were no reservations required then. Mm -hmm. So you're able to just walk up, but it is really pretty. It's huge. 
and different times of year it's more gushing than others right but it's always beautiful always beautiful it attracts like 2.5 million visitors a year and you can see it in any season like you can go in winter and see it kind of partially frozen over the whole thing's not going to be frozen over but that would add a different ambiance than to see it like in spring when it's gushing i went in august and it was warm but it was going I mean, it rains all the time out there, realistically. I mean, you never know when that rain is going to come in the Pacific Northwest. So again, Multnomah Falls is only an eight-minute drive from the first falls we talked about, Bridal Falls. Just as a heads up, I mean, I really would recommend doing this kind of early in the morning because parking there is very limited. So even though now they have the reservation system to just even drive along the road for you to get there... I'm sure they give more reservations than there is available parking because they anticipate people are going to drive, stop, and drive on through. Mm -hmm. So you don't want to get there and have that limited parking and have to fight for parking, wait for somebody to leave. So go early in the morning, but just as a heads up, limited parking for you guys. We were also supposed to have a reservation specifically for Multnomah Falls, but no one checked our tickets, actually. Did you have it? Yeah, we did. We did, because the ticket is timed for the falls to be close to that ticket window for you to actually get onto the road at that point. But then we got there and we're like, no one who's even look looking? Because you you, you've been there. It's that kind of open area. They have the shop. Then they have the trail that actually leads up to the bridge and even to the top of the falls if you want to do it. But there was no entrance queue for anybody to just really kind of look at it. So it's one of those things I think they have it and it's supposed to kind of be approximately timed with your entrance into the whatever time. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Staffing shortages, you know. (laughs) Yeah. So we didn't experience it. But heads up, you may have somebody who's really checking for you at that point. And right out front, Multnomah Falls, there's a lodge. There's a gift shop. We picked up an ornament while we were there. And there's an option to hike to the top of the falls. And usually I'm all about hikes. Like, you know me, I'm like, if there's a waterfall, there's I mean, a hike. You could see, I was going to say, you can see where she's going. She didn't go to the top. I was just as shocked. She was like, you know what? The bridge is sufficient. We went to the bridge. We hiked but to the bridge. thank wow. God Brittany didn't say to the top. Not that it would have well, been bad, but. The reviews that I read say that if you get to the top, you can't see the waterfall. That's what I was going to say. Every waterfall at the top, you can't see it. You're right. The bridge is a great viewing point, and even the bottom is a great viewing point, too. I actually think that the bottom is the best viewpoint that there is. Like, the bridge is nice to go to and see it more up close. And you want to be on the bridge, because the bridge is pretty from down there, too. It's a cool, like, unique-looking bridge. It's not just, like, a bridge. It's a cool bridge. Yeah, but I do think the most scenic spot is at the base. And because you can get a picture right in front of the waterfall beneath the bridge. We did hike up to the bridge, got pictures from up there as well. We were happy with that, but we did not hike to the top, Kim. And your face (laughs) just showed how shocked you were. The best picture that I got there was actually right by the sign that says Multnomah Falls. If you angle it right, you can be in the picture. You can get the sign and the waterfall with the bridge all in the same picture. I didn't see that one. But, you know, you didn't see Myrtle Falls in Washington with Mount Rainier in the background. I saw in pictures. <laughs> well, I'll have to see your picture of Multnomah Falls sign with the waterfall on you. In it. Well, you're going to see it on travelsquadpodcast.com on our blog episode That's for right. Oregon Waterfall Trip here. But if you're feeling more adventurous than Brittany that day and actually want to do the hike, just so you know, 2.4 miles round trip, 810 feet in elevation gain. And going up again is for the novelty. Realistically, best views are on the bottom. 
go to the bridge to go to the bridge because it's cool, but you know, you don't really need to. And there's so many more waterfalls, you're going to want to get moving on to, to see the rest of the waterfall corridor right there. If you don't want to fight the traffic to find a parking spot, you can take a shuttle or a hop off, hop on trolley tour to get to this area as well. So there are some other options to get to this waterfall. Right. And again, we mentioned that there are time reservation tickets, but if you take some of the shuttles, such as the Sasquatch shuttle, gray line open air you don't need those reservations because they pretty much assume if you're on those shuttle ones i'm sure the shuttle company kind of takes care of it for you and gets it situated but it's funny the first name is sasquatch shuttle they believe in bigfoot out there oh, like yeah. even in the gift shop oh, yeah. you saw a lot of bigfoot stuff they think it's real so just fyi if you see it let us know and another thing on the ticket reservations like i said the first window is 14 days in advance but if you happen to not get the tickets that you want, then there is a secondary booking window, which is like 48 hours in advance. So you're kind of risking it to see if like you'll get the tickets or not, but they do release a smaller amount of tickets 48 hours before you go. And you can try to snag the tickets for the entries then if you wanted to. Mm -hmm. And along the way on Waterfall Quarter, there's so many different waterfalls that you can actually stop at. So we're not going to go over every single one, but clearly Multnomah is the highlight. Bridal Veil is really cool too. First one along it. So that's why we mentioned those. But the whole goal was to drive Waterfall Corridor to Lavender Valley. And this is an area where they grow the lavender and it's going to be that bright purple as it's growing and in season. Mm -hmm. And it's a 45 minute drive from Multnomah Falls. And it's kind of at the base of Mount Hood, which again is the famous mountain and volcano that is in Oregon. So we made our way to Lavender Valley. Specifically, we went to Hood River Lavender Farms. Yeah. And while we were there, it was actually a really nice setup. It was a nice farm area. We did go into the little gift shop. We bought some lavender massage oil. It smells really good. But while we were there, we learned that lavender goes into full bloom in July. So we missed it just a little bit because we were there in June. Ugh. So they were starting to bud. We could see little bits of purple, but they said like full bloom where you get those very scenic shots. We were a little bit too early. So we're going to have to just go back. We're going to have to go back and I would go back. I really enjoyed this trip, but I will say this though. The Hood River Lavender Farm was really, really cool. Obviously, they have the gift shop, but you're not just going to go there for the gift shop. I mean, you want to see them in full bloom. But it was cool because they had little cottages that you could stay at and like wine tasting. So you could make yeah, a little wine up there. Too. Yeah. yeah. So you could were... make a little event of just being in this beautiful scenic area with the purple during bloom season at the foot of Mount Hood. It's just really, really nice. And an overall like adult quaint experience to, to have for relaxation. So I am looking at a Google image search of Lavender Valley right now. And mm -hmm. Damn, that's beautiful. Right? I'm already planning a trip <laughs> in July. Louis's birthday's in July. And this year he planned a trip for my birthday. Mm -hmm. So next year I'm going to be planning a trip for his birthday wherever I want to go. Yeah. And we've been talking about going to Portland. So this is perfect. A little wine tasting, a little lavender frolicking in the fields. Yeah, they have a winery on site and they had a cat that roams around the winery mm -hmm. named Pino. 
Pino, I forgot about Pino roaming around in that yeah, little vehicle. Yeah, the cat was like really yeah. friendly. And they, they were really like passionate about the history of the Lavender Farms and like what they do there. Very beautiful. And then we went to go check out another location called Lavender Valley Farms, which is just a little bit up the road. But it was closed because I guess they only opened during like the peak season. And it's gotten so popular on social media they now actually charge for you to enter the farm because a lot of people go there to take pictures brilliant i've actually been brainstorming a side business or a future business i want to start i want to purchase a property around here and start flower fields Mm -hmm. and people will pay to come pick their own flowers they can take what they want there'll be instagramable locations around we might even sell cheese boards and like mimosas yeah yeah that's brilliant i mean you have a flower field people are gonna come yeah so they only charge like five dollars per person this is where you can get the iconic shot with the lavender in the forefront any i feel like you can but i'm not 100 percent on if they charge you more if you pick a lavender bundle and do they have a bunch of lavender stuff scones and love well, uh, well again here at this location i they were closed because... it looks like a pretty small setup though yeah it really looks like you're just going out there it was the hood river lavender farms that really had the more in-depth setup for you to enjoy the ambiance whereas this one here is just really a spot for you to go and really take the photos because this location the lavender valley farms gives you the best view of Mount Hood with the lavender. That's what you can see when you Google image search it. It's like the big mountain in the back, all the lavender fields in front of it. That's so pretty. But there's a lot of opportunity for them to expand their business here, you know, in terms of coffee, scones, gift shop. Oh, yeah. It looked like they had a pretty small setup currently, but there's a lot of room for expansion, I think. Maybe they're just getting going. Support your local farmers. Absolutely. Hey, squaddies, let's take a quick detour to talk about our travel itineraries that we've created just for you. We just launched several new international trip itineraries, including Tulum and Japan. This is on top of the itineraries we already have for U.S. trips like the Hawaiian island of Kauai, the U.S. Virgin Islands, as well as national park trip itineraries, including Utah's Mighty Five National Parks and a week at Grand Teton and Yellowstone. These fully built out 20 to 30 page PDF guides are available for instant download on our site right now. Every detail of the trip is laid out for you. So all you have to do is download, book, show up, and have fun. The itineraries tell you where to fly into, the exact route to take, where to stay, park entrance prices, where to eat, driving distance between attractions, the things to see and do, even the hikes we recommend, their mileage, and the time to allot for each one. And believe it or not, so much more. Be sure to head over to TravelSquadPodcast.com to download your very own comprehensive travel itinerary today. So after we enjoyed Lavender Valley, even though, again, unfortunately, we didn't get to see it and peak bloom, we went on to Mirror Lake for another hike. And this was about a 40-minute drive from Lavender Valley beautiful hike i mean it's called mirror lake for a reason take a guess right it has a beautiful clear reflection that you can get on it it's a 4.2 mile hike and 672 feet in elevation gain and this is the location where if you remember back to the tip section you may want those crampons even in early june here at this high elevation that's obviously why there was still some snow and then when there wasn't snow definitely muddy in some parts yeah there's actually quite a bit of snow still on the trail and there was snow that was dusting the top of the lake, too. We could have used our crampons. However, we didn't bring them. 
And another tip for you, too, is you do need your America the Beautiful pass or pre-purchase a day pass in advance and put it out on your dashboard because I think it's like $5 for parking to do this hike. It's actually not bad in price. Unfortunately, when we were there, the lake wasn't very mirrory. I get overcast a little bit, but because there was snow, some of the lake was still with that thin layer frozen over. So we got like a nice little frozen view of it versus I'm sure if we were there during lavender season, then at that point in time, it would look like a beautiful mirror. So from there, we drove back to Portland. It was only about an hour drive because we kind of did, you know, drove the corridor, went to the Mount Hood area, and then we kind of looped around Mount Hood to Mirror Lake and then back. So that was really cool. And then we went downtown Portland that night. We had ramen for dinner. And then there was a parade that night. And so downtown was getting a little crowded. It was actually hard to find parking. What was the parade for? Well, basically, Portland is known as the City of Roses. I don't know the history behind it as to why. But basically, they were having what they call the Starlight Parade, which is when they celebrate, like, Portland as the City of Roses and, you know, have this parade where you can actually supposedly the right time of year to have good views of the stars, hence the name of the parade. So it's an annual festival that they did. And I think even somebody that we were talking to who was a local along the way, as we were finally from our parking spot walking to the ramen shop, was saying like, yeah, this is the first time they've had it in two years since COVID. So people were really excited, obviously, about it also. But it was starting to look like it was going to rain at that point in time, too. So we're like, well, fuck, we don't want to get stuck here with the traffic. So we just hurried in, kind of hurried out. It would have been fun to do if we didn't have such a big day planned for the next day. So we didn't get to experience it. But if you're there during that time, check out the uh, Rose Festival and the Starlight Parade in Portland at that point in time. But the ramen, a little disappointing, won't lie. Didn't satisfy. It was almost like that. It was almost. (laughs) It was almost like that Boise ramen we had a little bit. I know. It was better than Boise ramen, but like definitely not B shock level. I would have expected better, you know, in a place like Portland to have that type of stuff. But what we didn't realize, because we were looking like all best places in Portland, and we wanted to kind of go downtown, see it a little bit. And this place came up and it was relatively new, but it had a good star rating. What I didn't realize or what we didn't realize is that it was in one of those types of locations where it's almost like a food court area where there's like four different restaurants and then you just order and then you take your tray and then you sit at like a whole bunch of public tables where everyone could eat. I'm not sometimes a big fan of places like that, depending on, and that's what it was. And if you're in the mood for a restaurant, then that's going to disappoint you. But if you want something a little quicker, then that's great. But I'm surprised you guys didn't do any food trucks. You know, didn't realize how big the food truck scene was in Portland until we were there. And the leader of the country in food trucks. Yeah. Just before Austin. Just before Austin. And we wanted something that was warm because it was cold in June. Like we were, that's so crazy. We were cold. We wanted something to like warm up our souls a little bit. So that's why we went to the ramen place. We didn't hit up the food truck, but we're going to be back. We're going to see Lavender Valley peak season. So on day three, which was Sunday, we wanted to see, of course, some more waterfalls. And we started off with Sahaley and Cush Falls. And so to get there, you actually do have to do a bit of a drive. It's about two and a half hours from Portland. And this night, we were not going to drive back to Portland. We were going to stay the night in Salem. 
to be closer to where we were going the following day. So we drove the two and a half hours in the morning and this hike is only about a mile long. It's pretty short and there's not a ton of elevation gain either, but it does have two of the most gorgeous waterfalls that I've ever seen. The waterfalls are created by lava that poured down the Mackenzie River over 3,000 years ago and it started to drizzle on us. But because of that, you're in this forested area, this waterfall is gushing down, the, there's the fog layer, so it just has this like really cool ambiance that Jamal was talking about earlier that makes it like foggy, hazy, misty, and you can just like feel the moistness in the air. We brought our umbrellas and because the, the hike was pretty flat, you can get around pretty easily with your umbrella and like doing the hike as well. You didn't purchase one of the umbrellas that's on our knocking list where it snaps onto your backpack we did not we're gonna have to get them yeah i feel like those are better for like sun umbrellas versus winter weather or rain umbrellas you know what i mean we don't know until we know we don't know until we know that's that that's very true we got to try it out in the the wet environment but i mean these are two cool waterfalls that are really close to each other the trail itself was really awesome and like Brittany was saying that you know the ambiance was great but, I mean, I enjoyed Saheli Falls more. I mean, Me it's too. just so impressive because, I mean, obviously, it's a 100-foot cascade. You can just see the white foam that's kind of, like, created at the base of the falls, too. But what's so unique about it, like she said, of how both waterfalls are formed. But realistically, at Saheli, you know, a natural dam has been created from the lava flow that's kind of, like, hardened. And that's actually what the water is flowing over. So really really unique and i loved it here and again you know it's one of those things where you just get from unique environment to unique environment all throughout oregon in this really cool forested area yes kusa falls is only 70 feet in height but it's still very impressive but i did like Sahali falls more just like jamal said and then from here, Kim, you actually inspired our next stop on this list. We went to the Tamalich Blue Pool. Right before we went on this trip, Kim, you sent me a TikTok video that had this Blue Pool in it. And I was like, gotta go, gotta add this on. Social media is really good for travel planning, travel inspiration. Mm -hmm. Just to see places people are tagged in or get info about different like waterfalls or things that you just wouldn't see by Googling. Definitely add social media to your research bucket if you're planning. A it's trip. a blessing and a curse, right? Because a lot of influencers sometimes will put stuff that's on there to just put something in content. Sometimes like it's Instagram versus reality. Yeah. And then yeah. sometimes it's actually legitimate. And also the downfall is sometimes a really unique place becomes really too popular than it shouldn't. And people trash it and stuff like that. And But uh, nonetheless, solid social media tip that you sent us over here on this one because we really enjoyed it. This is where we got soaked and rained on at some point here. But yeah, Tamalich Blue Pool is 3.6 miles. It's a beautiful, beautiful hike through the forest that we really, really enjoyed. But this is where it actually started to rain on us. And again, going back to the tip section where we said bring an extra pair of clothes because it may rain on you. This is where we got rained on. I got really wet. It started as a light drizzle, but it kept coming and coming. And it was kind of like, oh, fuck, this sucks. But then we got to the blue pool 
and then it made it all worth it to see that view and pay off. It looks really cool. It kind of reminds me of these super deep spring-fed swimming holes out here in Austin, mm -hmm. but a lot bigger. Yeah, it was huge. And what I really liked about the hike before getting to the pool is it reminded me a little bit of Hawaii. I didn't realize how much volcanic activity happened in Oregon. And so there was a lot of volcanic rock on the ground as we were hiking through. We forgot our umbrellas on this hike. Even though we had the one hack did it for. And so we did have our rain jackets. However, we learned the difference between water resistant and waterproof, <laughs> like for sure. Eventually, at some point, I was able to take the sleeves of my jacket as I was still wearing them because, you know, they go a little bit longer than my wrist, squeeze, and then just pools of water would like come out of it. Oh my God. We were yep. soaked. By the time we got to the pool, we were completely soaked. My hair was drenched. It looked like I had taken a shower. Jamal was starting to have a freak out. Yeah. Yeah, because we had like a three hour, two and a half hour drive back and I don't want to be soaky wet driving. A lot of your freak outs are caused by not wanting to be wet in the car. I don't understand your weird thing with that. I waited. <laughs> he doesn't I like wet that. jeans. He doesn't like to be wet. Like him and water and wetness, that'll cause a freak out for sure. <laughs> I'm just sensitive about it. I don't know what it is. But uh, like I said, you know, seeing the blue pool and like you said, you gave a good description of kind of like that bottom fed spring. Like it really is a beautiful blue. You mentioned, Brittany, the Hawaii vibes. Sinope. Yeah, not yeah. necessarily from the volcanic aspect that you said, but it reminded me of it because where you actually see the blue pool is at a high elevation. But do you remember when we were in Kauai and at the yeah. waterfall and we actually hiked down to go swim? Yeah. People came across us as we were leaving and are like, do you know how to get down there? Because they were going to go down and actually swim in the, in the rain. Yeah. Yeah. So it gave me all of those kind of like, like you have to have ready to go. It's going to be cold. Yeah. To have wetsuit for sure. But the pool is just like a deep, gorgeous blue. And we, where we stopped to look over, it was a really nice overlook and it was really scenic, really pretty. I enjoyed it. I was kind of rushing though because I know Jamal was uncomfortable being wet <laughs> and so we had to get back and then we were going to do another hike called McDowell Creek Falls Country Park and this hike was also really cool. We had let our rain gear dry out in the back seat so we like spread everything out. Yeah, I was going to ask, did you have to do this hike wet? Well, did we bring we brought a change of clothes, didn't we? I did. Did we? I brought a change of clothes. I brought two different jackets just in case. But we turned on the heater because it was cold, and my original jacket was pretty dry by the time we got to the state. So was it a kind of a long drive between the two? I would say it was probably at least an hour. Okay. So we had some time. Got to recover from the freak out. Mm -hmm. You had a little bit of time in there. <laughs> and this, and by the time we actually got there in this area, the sun was out too. So it definitely warmed us up a little bit. And I didn't need my jacket because my jacket was what was really wet. My pants kind of dried well with the heater in the car. But when we got there, so I don't even think I carried my jacket. And I felt comfortable going around in this area right here. Yeah, so we did another 1.6 mile hike. We did this, it's a loop, so we did it clockwise and I would recommend doing it clockwise. The first waterfall that we came across, it was the most impressive. It was called Royal Terrace Waterfall. It's 120 feet and it's two tiered and it has a footbridge that goes across it. So you have really fantastic views from it. And I felt like this was the best waterfall that we saw in the park. And we saw a total of three. Right. And then if you continue and do the whole trail, another notable waterfall is going to be Majestic Falls. It's only 40 feet. 
it is a little bit wider, but what made this area cool, and I don't know what it is about like elevated wood planks and like overlooks that just add to the ambiance, but it had it here, but the angle of what you're at for the trail, you're kind of like at the side of the waterfall and almost behind it, if that kind of makes sense. So you don't really get the best views, but it is a cool lookout area because you are walking on that plank. So, I mean, I enjoyed this one. If somebody's looking for sake of time, I would say maybe this would be the omit one if you were to omit one. How much time would you save? Well, I mean, was this a drive out of the way back to Salem? No, it was on the way. Okay. So you would say you could skip the whole McDowell Creek Falls Country Park and save like an hour, two hours? Probably. Yeah, I would yeah. say. And if you are going to stop then, stop to take a look because you can see the, the main waterfall pretty close to where you park. But if yeah. you want to avoid the loop, the Royal Terrace waterfall that they have there at the parking lot, that's going to be the most impressive, like Brittany said, and probably the only one that you really want to see. But we were there and we weren't in a rush and it was enjoyable and that's warmed nice. up after being cold a little bit from that rain. I love when you're traveling and you don't have to rush and you discover something and you're like, let's go check it out. Yeah. It's cool. And so when we were done with Majestic Falls, we hiked back up and we saw like the drop up of where Royal Terrace Falls starts. So if you did it in the opposite direction, you would start at the top of Royal Terrace Waterfall, then go to Majestic Falls, but you'd start at the top of that too. So you wouldn't have like the lead up of like the wooden plank boards going up to like hear the water and see what it looks like. So I feel like doing it in the clockwise direction made it more scenic for us. The anticipation. It did. Mm. And then from this park, we went to Salem. It was about an hour drive to Salem. And we're like, you know what? Let's go check out the state capitol and see what Oregon state capitol is all about. I mean, you know we love to see state capitals mm -hmm. when we're in the capital city of a it's state. It's funny because they all look the same. So it's like, why do they keep looking at them? Do they? Well, pretty much. Not, not Salem. Salem not was, Oregon's was ugly. <laughs> I will say that. It didn't have like the crown top that they normally do. no um you know i'm i'm sorry for the orgonians or organites again i don't know how you uh say it but i i won't lie like your state capital i was just kind of really unimpressed with it it's almost like they tried to make it look regal with like granite or marble on the outside and it's all like this one big slab and it's not very aesthetically pleasing it's not as nice as austin's or california's <laughs> Or other ones that we've been to. And as a matter of fact, when we were in New Mexico and Santa Fe, Santa Fe's capital, I couldn't even believe that was the capital building. It just looked like a normal building. Oh, wow. Nothing about it screamed to me, capital building. At least Oregon has something going for it in that sense that you can tell, but wasn't very aesthetically pleasing. But that's neither here nor there, you know, just since we always go to the, uh, the state capital when we're in capital cities to check it out, we obviously checked it out. But you'd be proud of us, Kim. Do you know what we ate that night to warm our souls? Thai food. Thai food. Thai food. We did some Thai food, actually. How was it? Uh, better than the ramen the day before. Mm -hmm. Better than the ramen the day before. Yeah. So we had some Thai food, quick little stop. And then where did you go for Thai? It was called Hong Thai. Hong Han? Hong with a G. Like Hong Kong? Okay. Like the city Hong Kong? You would recommend. Hong Thai. Yeah. Now, I was curious, what did you eat for lunch? <laughs> what did we eat for lunch, Jamal? I know you pack stuff because you're out and about, but what did you eat for lunch? Publix? Publix? I, no, well, they don't They don't Publix out in Oregon. I wish they did, Kim. You know this. <laughs> However, I don't remember specifically, but I remember we stopped at a grocery store and picked up some stuff. So, I mean, probably just like banana, apple, banana. 
maybe we picked up a sandwich and we put picked up goldfish crackers that held us over right <laughs> yeah 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 so again you and know we ate a big breakfast we had a big breakfast burrito too mm, okay so i think we had a big breakfast we had some like fruit and then the goldfish crackers and then we had a nice dinner and then we met up with uh my cousin and my uncle that live out in oregon they live probably like 15 minutes from salem which is where we were staying i met my cousin that i haven't seen since i was like eight wow so and his wife is the one who doesn't know how to pump gas just like you apparently go <laughs> and when i saw him the first time like i didn't even really get to know him that well so this was like the first time like really truly like sitting down and like meeting him why did you meet up like why did you reach out and say i'm going to be there and... so recently my uncle that lives up in oregon came down to visit my dad in san diego and so we went out to julian with that with him and we did some like cider tasting and stuff and then i had mentioned that i'm going to oregon within the next few months and he was like oh stop by if you're in the area so we did he happens to live with my cousin oh, okay well that's so, cool a little out. family reconnection yeah so it's good to see him since we had just seen him a few months before and you didn't stay with them no, no. Uh, you could have made your trip more affordable one <laughs> yeah. tip Lean on family and friends and <laughs> crash at their place. Like, hi, we've never really met before, but can I stay the night at your house? Hey, that's what family's for. <laughs> I guess so. But well, the main reason why we wanted to stay near Salem was because Monday, our final day in Oregon, we wanted to go to Silver Falls State Park and hike the Trail of Ten Falls. And this has been blown up all over social media, but literally, it's a hike with 10 waterfalls, 10 major waterfalls. To major waterfalls. And this is a social media blow up that is worth it. I was talking some that are duds. This one was like, I mean, if you're going to go to Oregon and literally only have time to do one thing, I would say do this. Obviously, maybe go to Multnomah Falls. Don't necessarily do the entire waterfall corridor. But realistically, this was fucking awesome. I mean, just imagine a state park where you can do one trail that's not very long and come across 10 legitimate waterfalls. That's really cool. And how long was the trail? Well, I say not too long. It is kind of long, but I mean, it's 7.4 miles. Yeah. Okay, but doable. It's it, like, it's not like terrible, right? 7.4 miles will take you what, four, four showers? Uh, we actually got it done in three. So that's like, like less nine than... to 12. With pictures, that's yeah. impressive. And that's more than one waterfall per mile, if you think about it in that perspective of just kind of walking. So about every 15 minutes. Yeah. A waterfall. So it was only $5 to park at the state park. It was only a 35-minute drive from Salem. And this was our favorite, favorite hike of the trip. And, like, this is the must-do one, like Jamal was saying. Like, do this hike. It's totally worth it. And we saw the other smaller streams, falls, creeks. And we did this hike in a clockwise direction. And we'd recommend doing repeating it in that direction. Yeah. So, like I said, 7.4 miles, initially, like, about 1,100 feet in elevation gain but realistically at the parking lot the first waterfall you come across you literally see the top of the waterfall as it's actually flowing over and you can look down it's really impressive but the trail starts by going down and then the trail goes behind that giant waterfall so several really waterfalls cool. on this trail you actually go behind it which oh. i always think is really fun but this first one is the most grand one to like really get you excited and the momentum keeps going because I, I don't want to say like each waterfall gets better and better because that's not necessarily the case. 
but they're all 10 impressive waterfalls. It's not like, oh, here's one and it's done. Yeah, they're yeah. all good. Sometimes you go on hikes and they're like, it's a waterfall hike. And then you get to the waterfall and it's like four feet. Yeah, that's not the case on this one. Not the case on this one. You can actually go behind four of the waterfalls on this trail. And it does get pretty misty. And you can feel like how powerful they are. You're like right behind them and you can hear like the water crashing and cascading down like beneath it. So that was really cool. We did get a little wet because it was misty. And then... And how did Jamal handle that? I think he was like a little bit more well prepared this day. We had our umbrella. We had our umbrellas. And I don't mind the mist coming from the waterfalls. It's the consistent, I'm going to stay in the rain and get wet. So it did start eventually raining on us a little bit after like the first waterfall or two. We had our umbrellas. And that pretty much mitigated it. And then it was such a light trickle after that. And then eventually stopped that we did not get wet. So I handled it well on this little adventure right here. It does go in a loop. And because it's a longer trail, there are other parking areas that will start you at different waterfalls. So we started at like the main one. But if that parking filled up and you go to a different parking spot, you can still do the same trail, still do it in a loop. You'll just start at a different waterfall than what we started at. And so there are a lot of different options. And then also, I'm going to call all trails out on this because I feel like the all trails map did not do this trail any justice. At one point. At one point. At one point only. So we're on our way to the 10th waterfall. It's the final one. We're so excited to see the last one. The Trail of 10 Falls. Gotta see it. The way that all trails has you going only has you go to the top of it. So you... Mm. And you can't really even see down. They didn't have it mapped so that you go down to see it and then come back up. And that was really disappointing. So disappointing that at that point, Jamal and I had passed it. We're like, oh, we don't want to go backwards. Yeah, so. because we saw a spot where you could go down, but the trail didn't say to go down, at least on the all trail map. So we thought, okay, well, if we continue on, because again, it's a loop, we'll get like a better view. And as we went on, we realized, oh, fuck, well, we're not getting a better view. And then we were like, damn it. Like, do we really want to walk back now at this point and go down? And we said no. And then as we got to the car, finally, we were like, god damn, like we missed it. I mean, we did nine. The 10th wasn't very good. But at least where we were at the top, there was a road. So we made the decision. We're going to drive and park there because it wasn't too far from where our car was. And we're like, we're going to hike down to that portion and actually yeah, see Yeah, so we drove to where the 10th one is. And then we just did the hike down. Saw it. Really glad we actually did see it. And then went back up to our car. Nice. So okay. it worked out. But so you could technically drive to each one of the spots and just hike down? No. Not all of them. No. There are probably like four or five different areas you could park in. But you're not going to hit all of the falls driving. Okay. But you can see some of them like Yeah, that. some of the falls for sure. Like you have to be on the trail. But... She said four or five. If I remember correctly, I would say like only four of them maybe you could actually park at and have semi-immediate access to. Our favorite waterfall was the first waterfall. It was called South Falls Waterfall. So if you don't have the time to do the hike of 10 Falls or you're not able to do the hike, going to see this one, which is pretty close to the parking lot, is definitely worth it. And it's very accessible. The trail down is paved, so that's really nice as well. And it's the tallest waterfall in the park as well. It's like 175 feet. And like I said, this was the first one that we said was awesome, really got us going, and then you could go behind it. So there's definitely a little hike down. It's paved. So I would say, again, only if one, like Brittany said, 
do that one. And I mean, I just love this. I mean, Silver Falls State Park, so unsuspecting. And here you are, you got yourself 10 waterfalls on this trail. Really fucking cool. And I would wager to say the highlight of the trip. Mm -hmm. From here, we drove back to Portland. It was about an hour and a half drive back to Portland. And then since Jamal had to stick out the whole weekend with me, I agreed to do dim sum at Duck House. <laughs> and we got these Szechuan chili dumplings and soup dumplings. Have you ever had soup dumplings? Yeah. Bao? I don't know yeah. how to say it uh, in the proper language, but maybe... That's what it Those is. Those are soup dumplings. Soup yeah. dumplings. Amazing. Oh, Where, yeah. like, when you bite inside the dumpling, all of the soup, mm -hmm. like, seeps out. It was so good. So we had that. And then we had a little time before our flight out. And I really wanted to see some scenic areas of the Columbia River Gorge, like that scenic byway, because we drove it. But there are essentially like overlooks and cliffs that look down into it. And so I wanted to see some of those to get a better perspective. And so we ended up going to the Vista House, which had like really panoramic views of the gorge. And it was actually built as a rest stop for people that um, were driving that highway. And it had really good views of the river itself, the Washington side, and just kind of like it had a different view and ambiance. So, so it's just kind of an overlook. It's not like a lodge or restaurant or anything like that. No. And then we also stopped at the Portland Women's Forum State Scenic Viewpoint. And you're, you have like this straight on view of the gorge in front of you. And it's also a really popular spot because from there you can see the Vista House. And so you can take photos of the gorge plus the Vista House in the distance. Yeah, so we didn't have time to do this on our first day when we were doing the initial drive of the Waterfall Corridor because, again, we had a long day that day and we're like, oh, these stops, you know, it's going to take a little bit more time. And so we fit that in before we headed to the airport. We had a 6 p.m. flight home. And I mean, shit, I'm ready to go back to Oregon and do this again and maybe go during lavender season. I'm just going to throw it out right now couple's trip bring louie yeah. we're gonna stay in lavender valley do some wine tasting all that it's gonna be real real nice yeah we did have a few things that we had to cancel from this trip because of weather and other issues so we wanted to go to another waterfall called proxy falls but the road doesn't open until july mm -hmm. and so that road was still closed because of where it is it was still snowy and then i wanted to go to a natural hot spring but the road was closed due to a previous fire uh -huh. so that's why we ended up adding what you recommended, Kim, the blue pool, because it was kind of in that same area. So we're like, since we can't go to those two things, we'll just go to the blue pool. And we're really glad we did. It was very scenic, even though Jamal had to freak out. <laughs> I got soaked, had a two hour drive in front of me, but I enjoyed it. Kim, it's your time of the week. Ooh, it's questions of the week. So I had a lot of questions during this episode, but one of the listener questions that came in was, what other destinations in Oregon do you recommend? Oh, off the top of my head, for sure, Crater Lake. It is Oregon's only national park. Brittany and I have gone before. Unfortunately, you weren't with us on that one. I actually went with my sisters, Nejwa and Zaina, on that trip one time when we were visiting home in Sacramento. But definitely go to Crater Lake. So scenic, so beautiful. Oregon's a hidden gem. I'm just going to say it. I want to go to the coast of Oregon. Yes. And see that rugged coast with the big boulders. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I do want to go to the Oregon coast. 
And also I've heard really good things about Bend, which has like a lot of hiking and kind of near that central part of Oregon, there is like a wine country up there. Like oh, yeah. that wine yeah, country. Is. So definitely want to check that out as well. I would like to do Portland again too. I only spent one night there. Company was kind of lame. I think I could do a bit better job of seeing Portland, experiencing Portland. Mm-hmm. Question number two that we got from our listener is, can you see these waterfalls any time of year? Well, Multnomah Falls, you definitely can. However, some of these other ones, you are going into like mountainous regions. It'd probably be harder to see them. I'm surprised to hear about the snow, especially in June. Did you guys rent an SUV when you were up there? No. No. You had a regular car. We had a regular car. Regular car. You know, it's one of those things where, I mean, you just really never know. It could be a dry winter season and it could dry up. I would say for the most part, you can expect to see waterfalls, Multnomah for sure. I'm sure if you go to Silver Falls State Park and do the Trail of 10, will all 10 be going? Don't know. But will a majority of them be going all year round? Probably on that. So I guess it's one of those things to really see. I don't know. We didn't Google ourselves to figure out are all these falls running consistently, you know, every year. Yeah, but there, but there's a good chance that you're going to go and see waterfalls running. The chances are high, right? The there's chances are hundreds high. of waterfalls up there. So, But can you get to them in winter, I guess, is what I was reading out of this question. Like, can you see them any time of the year? I don't know if all of them are accessible in winter. See, I read it as for like summer seasons. Like, will they dry up? That's the way I, I read it. I see snow. Yeah. Just blocked from snow, blocking roads. Like, Proxy Falls was closed because of snow. Yeah. So some of the other remote ones, I would think maybe you couldn't get to them. In Portland, it rains quite a bit of the year. Like, more of the year is rainy than sunny. So maybe summer, fall is a good time to go. Yeah. And the reason why we picked June was I was trying to get late spring so that the waterfalls were gushing. And they definitely were. Definitely were. Our third and final question is... Do you recommend non-slip shoes? By that, I'm thinking non-slip hiking shoes. Definitely, because it was wet a lot of the time. And so you do want non-slip hiking shoes. And I would recommend using hiking shoes and not tennis shoes or sneakers. For every single one of these hikes. Multnomah Falls, I think you can get away with regular shoes. You can, definitely, especially if you're going to stay at the bottom. If you're going to hike up to the bridge, maybe you want something with a little bit of grip, but I still think you'll be fine. But other places, when we were in forested areas... And it was muddy. So do you want to get regular shoes muddy? You want hiking shoes? Hiking shoes inherently have grip. And then on top of that, even uh, at the state park, the Silver Falls, you know, some of it was paved, some of it not. But in those areas where it's like really, really misty and you're on a paved area, it can be slippery. So I would definitely say non-slip shoes of some sort or something with grip. Absolutely. Sounds like you guys had a lot of fun there. And I'm really inspired to go. I mean, I love waterfalls. Who doesn't love waterfalls? I don't mind getting wet by the rain. <laughs> I don't know what TLC was talking about when they're talking about don't go chase them. Seriously. <laughs> like the opposite. Go chase go them. Chase That's them. what this episode will be titled. Go chase those waterfalls. Yeah. Well, thanks, squaddies, for tuning in to our episode this week. Keep the adventures going with us on social media, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, at Travel Squad Podcast. And send us in your questions of the week. If you found the information in this episode to be useful, or if you thought we were just plain funny, please be sure to share it with a friend that you know would enjoy it too. And as always, please subscribe, rate and review our podcast, and tune in every Travel Tuesday for new episodes. And stay tuned for next week's episode. We have some more amazing adventures and tips in store for you. Bye, squad. Bye, squad.